Welcome to episode 67 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Proudly brought to you by H. Parsons Funeral Directors, an Australian family-owned and operated funeral director serving the Illawarra since 1893. Firstly, I'd like to sincerely thank all of the interviewees, listeners and the football community of the Illawarra, Australia and the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the brilliant people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Episode 67 will be split into multiple parts and will delve into a wonderful servant of Illawarra football, Eric Thompson. From the late 1960s through to his passing in 2015, Eric Thompson has played alongside, coached, mentored, supported and encouraged hundreds of people in the Illawarra football community. The width and depth of Eric's football career is immense. I have tried to place the interviews I have collected in date order, but there are times where people interact with Eric multiple times, so it is not always possible. However, it is clear that we have only touched the surface with people's memories of Eric, but I truly believe what is presented gives an honest reflection of the man and his football personality. And please note, this podcast is dynamic and can be added to in the future, so please contact me if you want to record your memories of Eric. It was a privilege to organise and record people's memories of Eric. I am truly indebted to the many people who have given up their time, memories and emotions by being part of this podcast. Please note, as this episode was recorded over mobile phones, there are some slight issues at times with audio quality, and for that I apologise. Please enjoy part two of episode 67. Hi, uh, my name's Paul Dallas. I was uh, on the committee at... Belgowney when um, Eric was uh, appointed youth grade coach and uh, I'm an old player with uh, the Rangers on the committee and uh, and I was Eric's uh, manager for a year or two while, uh, while he was coaching first grade. I first met Eric when um, he did coach the youth grade but before that he, um, he uh, was coaching a development squad at Bally and this was uh, players who were not eligible for, for youth grade and that, probably about 15 or 16. I think those guys yeah, went on to bigger and better things. Well, obviously, they did because you know, it was Dean and Damien Morala and Dean Jones and Matty Horsley, I think they were in that, in that development squad. And then, uh, yeah, and the first time I met um, Eric was when he was coaching youth grade. And, you know, and, and that year they, they took out the... Um, the treble. They, they took out the minor premiers. They were grand final winners, and they also won the Cass Cup in those days. And then, um, so that was was that nineteen eighty six? Eighty six, I think it was. Yeah, eighty six. After coaching uh, youth grade, he, he was uh, appointed first grade coach, and he, he was doing that for about uh, four or five years, and then and then it all culminated in. Um, Making the the grand final. Well, obviously they um, got promoted 
before that because I when when they were doing the the uh, in '86 in youth grade they were in first division or whatever whatever it is whatever it was in those days and then um, and then got promoted. And then got promoted. When you did first meet Eric, um, how did he come across to you um, as a bloke and as a coach initially in youth grade? I don't remember too much him coaching youth grade in those days. I was probably too hooked up in my own bloody... Because you were playing as well. Yeah, I was playing in those days. I was playing first grade in those days. I think, I'm not sure who was coaching, maybe Johnny McDonald or um, Alan Thompson. He came up from yep. Turnhill and he coached Bally. But I had heard I had heard of him. He was coaching at uh, uni in Tarawana, you know, right from the start. Once once he got into first grade, you could you could see how how um how good he was and what a good report he had with um all the young players and stuff like that, you know. But but even his um work off out of coaching too, you know, like the, we. We were a, a young committee in those days, not young in age, but young in experience. Yeah. We we had it was you know there was Karen, Karen Keaton and Fenton Keaton and uh, Grace Jenk- Jenkins, Ray Scream, Nolan Robin Bone and that you know and myself and Juno and that you know so, and Eric he also joined the committee you know and he he was a a big influence on us he he really. Um, uh, led us in the right directions, where to go and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and, you know, like even doing outside of coaching, he was doing, we were doing um, uh, working booze on a Saturday and stuff like that. And he'd always be there. Most of the time he was there coming down and giving us a hand, you know. So, but, uh, you know, he, he just loved the game. He, you know, was a, he was a lovely man, with, generous with his time. And, you know, there were times there when, we, when um, the season was just washed out you know we had half a season washed out and we we couldn't even we couldn't get a uh one of the tractor mowers on the under the ground to mow it so we had to be made by hand and he was down there helping us mow by hand and then we you know we obviously couldn't use a catcher because you know you'd go yeah. 10 yards and, and <laughs> the ground would be the catcher would be full up so you know we had to rake it all up and he was down there raking it up and we had to do that about two or three times if you didn't do it you know the ground wasn't going to dry out you know so and he was there, you know, week Saturday after Saturday, you know, humidity and everything else going on, you know. And he, he was, uh, he was a, uh, you know, just dedicated in what he what he did, you know. So he was a top bloke, really good bloke. So he was more than a than a coach then at Balgiani in your time there, because he didn't have he didn't have to put up his hand and and do those things, and you know, obviously he took the a successful youth grade and and blended those guys into um first grade when he got that first grade role and and they were successful coming up a division and then like you said 91 win the grand final so he had a lot on his plate from a coaching perspective so it shows you i guess his generosity his spirit that he wanted to be part of the club exactly right yeah he was he was just full on you know he, he was and you know he's Probably his main, his main interest probably was the guys, was the players. You know, yep. get, getting the best out of them, uh, making sure they're ready for for their for the game and stuff like that. The way he talked to him, he, he, he never, you know, you, you hardly ever heard him heard him go off. You know, like he, you know, he get cranky every now and then when something happened. But you know, most of the time he was very diplomatic, 
He was very, uh, well, obviously very knowledgeable about the game. His main interest was the players, you know, and then the committee comes second. But there were times when on the committee when when we struggled to to uh, pay fees at the start of the year, you know, we, we were short, you know, we had the budget for everything, you know, and we were short. And uh, he said, don't worry about it. He said, I'll, I'll throw throw what you what you need. He said, I'll throw it in, you know. So And, and just stuff like that he did, you know. It was just terrific for Balgowny. It was a shame, shame he left in the end, you know. So the year he won the grand final, you know, we like he... I think we lost the last four or five games before the semis, but he got them back on track, you know, and we, we also, you know, made the uh, grand final against the uh, fig tree. And we, we had, uh, had our captain suspended for that game, you know, Glenn Keaton was out, you know, and uh, we had um, Pete O'Brien. He, he selected Pete O'Brien. Pete O'Brien probably played, two or three games all year, he, he just had a groin injury, you know, and he, he said, oh, I'm going to take a chance with him. Took a chance with him and he smashed it. He had a great game, you know. Like We got Matty Horsley back for that game. So that was uh, that was another big bonus, you know. We, we had some good players, you know. We had um, Brendan Flood and, you know, we had, we had Speed to Burn up front. You know, I think he scored the second goal in the grand final, you know, and that, and that put us up 2-0 and then I think Phil Brown got, got one late and, and then, but we hold, held on, you know, and, um, you know, the rest is history sort of thing, you know, they, they, the boys, and he was so proud, you know, he, he was such a such a nice bloke, you know. So. And do you think part of that grand final selection and, and we see it with successful coaches is that there's, just uh, like you said, a football knowledge or an instinct to know that you know most coaches wouldn't select Peter O'Brien um, because of the game time that he had that year and the injury he had. But he had belief and and people trusted the squad, trusted his decisions, and and that's why it went well as well. Yeah, exactly right. He just had the confidence and the, the belief in in Pete, that he, that he could do the job and, and the other guys in the team too, you know, that, that there was never, I don't think there was any qualms about him coming in and, and playing in the side because he, he knew he was a good player and uh, it was just, it just worked out very well. It worked out terrific for him, you know, so. But he wasn't scared to take chances either, you know, you know, you'd, you'd have a, you'd talk to him about certain players in the team and stuff in that, you know, when he, um, he, and he he would he would listen to you he'd take your advice you know on on what you saw and what you thought and that you know and um, you know, there was one time he was making a selection he was going to pick one bloke and drop one bloke and put another bloke in and I said to him I said I said just for team harmony Eric you know why don't you you leave that bloke in there just just this week and see how it goes and. Uh, yeah, he, he just left the guy in there. The, everything went well, and we, I think we won the game or whatever, you know. So he uh, wasn't scared to, to take other people's advice, you know what I mean? So, And I think that's what made him a good coach, you know. He just just wasn't a one-track mind sort of coach. He, he listened to people, got advice of other people too, you know. So, And do you think that was one of his strengths? The Like you've said in this, this uh, interview, he's... His patience, his, you know, he, his players were number one, and he could listen to others as well. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. That that was one of his strengths, and, and you know the way he listened to people. But the, 
people listen to him too, you know, players listen to him. They always, always listen to him, you know, they always looked up to him and um, he was just a father figure sort of thing to those, to those guys in, in, in that era, you know, in that four or five years, you know, so he was just monumental. That's, that's all I can say to, about Eric in, in those days, you know, so. No, that's that's fantastic. Uh, on a on a personal level, he uh, developed relationships, and like you said, you were doing you had a few different hats on in that era. Um, yeah. But yeah. but as well as that, you developed a, a personal relationship with him, and and found him a just a, a gentleman, um, a real yeah. gentleman, and and uh, and a bloke that would you know have a chat to you after the game and and develop relationships as well. Well, not not. It's funny you say that. Straight after the game, you know, we'd, we'd be playing at home, and the um, there was work to be done. You know, there was nets to be brought down. There was bins to be emptied and stuff like that. And you would come in, you get get in the shed, and here's Eric sweeping out the shed, you know, and then he's hanging around, hosing out the sheds and stuff like that. And he, you know, and then you know, you sit down for five minutes after all that and have a chat about the game, you know, and you know, he, he was. You know, just full on. You know, he just loved helping out and doing stuff like that. And you know, he was probably one of the last ones to leave, leave the ground after after a day of football. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, you know, but even working bees, he'd be down there. We we we. There was me, him, and uh, Phil Saunders. We dig the dug the foundations for the um, ticker box on top of the hill there, just as you come in the gate. And it was all car wash, you know. We were getting blisters and everything, you know. And it was bloody hard work. But we just, we kept going. The three of us just kept going and digging and whinging and, and laughing and carrying on, you know. It was, it was, you know, just never never shied away and giving out his time to help the club, you know. So he was he was top bloke. And he used to, he used to run around at training, you know. I used to say to him, well, you look like... Um, Cliffy Young, <laughs> Eric, when you're running. He, he, and then he'd sort of stress it, you know, emphasise it a bit more. And say, well, I like this, you know. And, you know, and, you know he was just, just a funny bloke, you know. And when he talked, you know, when he talked, he, he had his sayings and that, you know. He, every time he'd, he'd make, make a sentence out, you know, and, and just um, talk to him, he, and at the end of it he'd say, no, I mean that. No, I mean that, you know. And he could do what you – you still hear it now, you know what I mean? You know, you still see his face and you look at it, look at it in your in your mind and you can hear him saying, No, I mean that, you know. <laughs> you know, so he was he was just a just a good bloke, real good bloke. I think we'll finish it off with the grand final win and, and there's a picture I think taken the day after or possibly yep. on, on Mad Monday and and there's a yep. picture um that really strikes in my mind. It was probably a culmination of of those years, five or six years you were talking about where I think you might have, I don't know what pub or club you're at, but most of the blokes were there and, and he's there holding the trophy. Um, yeah. I, I think that sort of sums up um, who he is and what he was about and, and the love that was in that picture. Yeah, that was at the uh, fraternity. And uh, we went down there the next morning sort of thing and all the boys got together, we, you know, drinking and that and, um, what's his name? Uh, Fig tree came in later in the day. Yep. And um, they um, come in with, uh, yeah, come in with Phil Carr. He, um, they, they were the fraternity were having uh, 
and and our penny day, like it's a an Italian sort of tradition of yep. of certain, certain people in in Italy, and uh, they used to wear these little hats. And uh, Phil nearly got everybody kicked out because he pinched one of these hats and stuck it on his own head and started walk, walking around the club with it. You know, so <laughs> so that was uh, quite exciting. Uh, but uh, no, it was just a good day actually. Um, Phil Murphy rang him up that day and said to him that um, he was going to send a photographer down to the frat to take a photo because the Phil was away or something. Something happened at the grand final that the normal photographer wasn't there or something like that, and they didn't get a photo of uh, Bally with the trophy after the game. And he, you know, he rung up Eric and apologised to him and that, and he had sorry all about that, you know. So, and then. Um, Got the photo down at the frat, and that that wasn't in the paper until the till the Tuesday, you know. So, but uh, no, that was a good day within itself. You know, long day, but it was a good day, you know. Oh, well, well deserved. And and Paul, I'd like to thank you very much for for your time in in recounting your memories of Eric, and and it means a lot to me. Um, I do have a Balgowny Rangers bias and and deep love there, and I know you do as well. And and uh, I know. Uh, uh, Eric does as well, and so uh, I thank you very much for your time and and appreciate uh, your memories uh, of of the great man. No worries, mate. Anytime, track. Cheers, mate. Yeah. So good evening. Um, I'm Brendan Flood, and I was uh, fortunate enough to. Be coached by Eric at uh, at Balgowny in uh, in 1991, and we were uh, we were very fortunate that year. But uh, that was the year that we uh, we ended up winning the Premier League Grand Final. So uh, that was my short-lived tenure with uh, with Eric. It was uh, it was one year, but it was uh, it was certainly a very successful and um, and prosperous year for us. And uh, what prompted you to come across to Balgowny? So I'd spent, uh, well, I was only 17 um, when I first came across. I was still still very young. I'd played uh, the previous two years at Bulleye uh, under, uh, in the 19s. And uh, towards the end of 1990, I'd uh, managed to get a few games in first grade. Uh, John Frew was, was really good out there. Uh, and I think I ended up playing maybe four or five games towards the, the end of the year. At the end of 1990, John was leaving the club. And I'd also become quite good friends with uh, Derek Morton, who yep. was a, an ex-Balgowny player who played at Bulleye that year in the under-19s. There was a, there was a few changes at Bulleye. You know, they hadn't made the finals in the in the first. Um, we were going to lose most of the premiership winning under-19s that year. Most of those guys were going up. Yep. Um, and I just thought it was, it was time for a, for a change. Um, so I'd, I knew Derek was going back to Balgowny and, Sort of put my hat in the ring there and said, "Oh, you know, would you think that I'd be they'd be interested in having me there?" Uh, so he actually spoke to Eric. He was uh, my manager, so to speak, in that <laughs> case. Yeah. So he uh, he had a word with Eric. Uh, Eric rang me. Um, this was obviously back in the day when there's no mobile no mobile phones or anything like that, and said, "Look, he thought that uh, he'd be more than happy for me to come over." Um, Obviously, I, I was still very much a fringe. I was only 17. I, you know, my first grade journey was still very limited. Um, but Eric thought I'd be uh, a good fit at the club. And, uh, yeah, so I did actually speak to John through about 
going to Valdowney and asked him about Eric as a coach. And uh, John, John was really careful. He said, look, I don't like to judge coaches and you know their styles. And he said, yep. yeah, that's not really up to him. He said, but you know, he knew that Valgani were a good young side and he'd certainly heard good things about Eric, uh, you know, with the rapport and his dealings with young players. And, and obviously with me still being only young, you know, I thought that they would be a good fit for me. And, and John sort of agreed. He said, look, I think, you know, on everything that he knew about Eric, you know, uh, for, for a young guy, um, that he'd be, a, he'd be a good coach for me. So the rest of it, as I say, is history. And uh, yeah, so I ended up playing in Valgani in 91. In regards to 1991, uh, how was he as a coach uh, once you were there? Yeah, look, you know, you, you, everyone you speak to and everyone, you know, I've already seen lots of comments about Eric. I mean, Eric was an absolute gentleman. He was, uh, he certainly wasn't uh, a ranter or a raver. You know, he was, he was actually, he was a really, really down to earth, um, easy guy to get along with. But you know, he was very smart. You know, he would. Um, you know, I was still very green. Um, but, you know, he would pull me aside and uh, spend a lot of one-on-one time, you know, just trying to work on my game, um, you know, things I should be doing, things I shouldn't be doing. But he certainly wasn't, uh, he wasn't much of a rancher or a raver. I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember any time where he really had to give us a blast or I really struggled to um, to come up with the time. So he was, um, yeah, he was very methodical though, but yeah, very very down to earth, easy to to chat to, um, and, and very easy to get along with. And uh, that year in '91, like you said, you had probably faltered at the latter part of that season for the league championship. But yeah, we the, did. In the final series, uh, uh, you took uh, the grand final out. Um, how was Eric uh, in that in that final series and the grand final? Um, how did he behave as coach, and and uh, did that have a, a big effect on the team? Yeah, I think, you know, off the top of my head, I think we were leading the comp with about six games to go. It'd be something like that. And then I, we we just we hit the wall. I think we lost five out of the last six or it, you know, it was something like that. Um, and I think we ended up finishing fourth and only just scraping in. Now, I, I certainly know there was one game, I'm pretty sure we played at Fernhill at the end, and that was towards the end. It was at one time I... I could really sense Eric's frustration, and he he gave us a bit of a, a base um, at halftime because I think he could see that all the work we'd done it was slowly starting to yeah. to slip away, and and so we we really did fall into the finals. But um, you know, Eric was very big on the, you know, the finals were a completely different ball game. It was you know it was nil all. Um, we were starting from scratch again, and to a certain extent, probably then. The pressure of because everything was sudden death for us from then, it just it just seemed to galvanise us, and um, we ended up going on the run that obviously you know, um, ultimately got us to the grand final and winning it. But um, no, Eric, Eric's demeanour didn't didn't really change a lot apart from as I said the the one game that I recall he gave us a bit of a bait. But Eric was very level headed. You know he was as I said he was never much of a rancher or a raver. Certainly, we could sense the frustration in him, though, that he could see potentially a, a big opportunity slipping away. But um, no, and I think you know Eric remained calm, and I think that that really did help us going into the final series. That um, you know he was calm. We were starting from scratch, and um, and obviously we went on the run that we did. And uh, in terms of uh, 
other anecdotes uh, about Eric. Uh, you said that you had a couple um, that that stuck in the memory uh, from all those years ago. Yeah, I did, and they're not necessarily uh, you know related to the to the to the game or the way we played. But and it is funny, you know, all these years how how certain things stick in your head. I was only seventeen when I started, but turned eighteen. Yeah. Um, through that year, and it was my HSC year. Um, I was a big music fan and, and still am, and I'd managed to uh, to get tickets to go and see Midnight Oil, Shell Harbour Workers Club, cool. and it was on a Thursday night, um, which is clearly uh, a soccer training night. And I, I do vaguely remember there was an article, it might have been the year before, about Eric even going to gigs with some of the players. I, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember, because you know, he, he was quite into Modern music, use is a better term. So I was, I was debating whether I should tell her, look, I've got some exams coming up. Well, I'm going to miss training, um, study, <laughs> but I, I just didn't quite have the heart to do it. So on the uh, on the Tuesday night, I said, Terry, look, I'm going to have to leave early on the Thursday night. And of course, he wanted to know why. And I sort of sheepishly said, oh, I'm going out to see me night or show up a workers' club, and expecting him to sort of give me a bit of a bait and he said, oh, they're pretty good, aren't they? I said, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I like them. And he sort of said, oh, shall I work for them? Yeah, they're, and they're pretty popular. He said, oh, that'd, that'd be pretty close to a sellout, wouldn't it? I said, yeah. He said, what time do you need to leave? I said, oh, look, I probably need to leave at you know, 6.30 or 7 o'clock, something like that. And he said, oh, look, I'll tell you what. He said, make sure you leave extra early because, you know, you want to make sure you get there in plenty of time to get a good spot down the front. <laughs> And that was pretty much Eric. He was uh, he was more than happy for me to uh, to go out there, and uh, wasn't so much concerned the fact that I was missing training. He was more concerned about the fact that I needed to get there and make sure I got a good spot. <laughs> so um, that's you know, that, and that that was Eric. And um, so the other story that um, obviously I'd already relayed to you was. Um, can't remember the exact circumstances, whether we had a buy or it was Easter and we'd been washed out or um, there was a reason we weren't playing. And um, so it was agreed that uh, we'd uh, get a, an early morning training session on the weekend. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Yep. Um, and so it was going to be 7.30 at, um, at Duty Masters Oval. So obviously, you know, quarter past seven or something like that. And uh, at the time, uh, if I'm not... Mistaken. Eric only lived around the corner, right on the ground. Um, so seven thirty, players are there. No Eric. <laughs> seven forty-five. You know, we're all still standing there. No Eric, and uh, I'm pretty sure. I will stand corrected. I don't know if it was Glenn Keaton and Greg Yeaman, maybe even Richie Peel. Said, "Look, we've got to go around to his house and find out what the story is." So uh, a couple of them went around and uh, started knocking on the door and. I can't remember the exact uh, sort of moment of it, but he was either still in bed or had just got out of bed um, and was getting dressed. So uh, you can imagine then he eventually turned up down at the uh, Oval, much to the uh, um, the joy of all of us, but uh, was certainly uh, given uh, quite quite the heckling uh, because uh, uh, I think by that stage it might have been eight o'clock or quarter past eight by the time he got there. So uh, yeah, Eric had had a had a big sleep in and uh, and missed the training session. So uh, 
but it was all good natured. You know, Eric was uh, he was more than happy to be the the butt of the um, of gags and, and jokes. He was he was a really down to earth guy, and um, you know he was he certainly had a bit of a laugh of it uh, as we all did. So um, yeah, that was the that was the second story I I had uh, had for you. Uh, excellent, mate. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you very much for for your time, mate. Uh, not at all, and thank you very much for letting me uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to to provide a few anecdotes uh, about Eric. Hi, I'm Garth Morton. I played under Eric Thompson in the late 80s, early 90s, and then I think he came back in the mid-90s. Um, and played under him again for a little bit. Tomo was a legend motivator and stuff like that. His sort of um, qualities filtered down through the club. I played under 19s um, and watched the first grade side sort of build in the late mid to late 80s. So, Garth, at that point it was probably around about 88 or so, and... Uh... Uh, yep. Balgowney Rangers at that point were in the uh, first division at that point in time. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Balgowney was playing um, in the first division, and I was still in under 19s at that point, just watching and enjoying the first grade side go around. They had a brilliant year when they went undefeated in the first division. And then the following year, they got promoted. Yep. Controversially too, because they finished third, I think, that year. After a couple of years of being at the club, you uh, then get into first grade. Um, how did that come about, and and what was Eric like then to deal with being in his squad? Oh, it was fantastic playing for Eric. He was just a legend of a guy. He's very caring. He always stuck by you. He's a bit of a you know any I suppose any good coach you really want to listen. He's always got something good to say. He's sort of a master motivator for me he was for me anyway I thought when he spoke you sort of wanted to listen yep so um and I just found him as a real uh, genuine type of bloke um I played first the first year I broke into first grade might have been 88 or 89 and I only played a handful of games for them first game was a um Cup game, I think, against Lysarts out of out of Lysarts. Right. And then, you know, we just built on a real quality sort of group. We had quality and commitment like throughout the squad, and uh, all local juniors except for Brendan Flood, to be honest, in that last year, or oh, in the '91, in the successful, real successful year when we won the grand final in '91. Yeah, the guys were just a brilliant bunch that anyone, everyone was sort of on the same page. I think that's what really got us there. We just had, you know, we had quality and commitment just throughout. So it was great to be a part of that. And did Eric, uh, was he a hard trainer on on Tuesdays and Thursdays? And, And that sort of, that work ethic then drilled into the team? Yeah, I think like we knew when we had to put in, we had a young fit squad. You know, just um, who wanted to sort of um, do everything they could for Eric. So he sort of demanded quality. So 
um, yeah, I think that's what sort of uh, was good about him. He wasn't the main, you know, he was more of a um, uh, motivator than a tactician. Like you wanted to play for him. Yep. So that was my impression. I I can't speak highly enough of him. And did that give you greater comfort coming into first grade and then staying in there like you did that he then uh, respected what you did as a player and, and you could trust in what he said and, and you believed in that? Yeah, definitely. You just always wanted to lift for him. Yep. So, yeah, Tomo was just, I think he expected certain that you that you sort of give as much as you can. Yep. And more often than not, um, I think we delivered too. So I think he knew how to get the best out of us, put it that way. And was that his main strength, do you see, that he was, he had that charisma and could build relationships but uh, yep. equally wanted and demanded um, high benchmarks from, from the playing squad? Yeah, exactly. And if you weren't putting in, he knew and you knew. He didn't need to tell you that. For yourself, what was he like as a as a, a man off the field, and how did he, as a coach and a man, influence you? Oh, big time because oh, little things. He was just a very caring guy, and he cared about what you gave to the club as well. And I think oh, little things like um, I'm not sure if it all come from him, but he was a part of it. Like I remember. Back in the mid-80s, and Balgowney first, um, number one ground there was a horse's paddock. It was, yep. it was trash. And the boys didn't particularly, it was back in, back in those days, you'd sort of go, oh, I'd rather play on ground two than ground one. <laughs> and it was, ground one was a disaster. So it was full of tussocks and stuff like that. And... Um, so the ball's bouncing around like around your knees, you know, and it, and you're just going, this is not good enough. So the, so in the off season one year, I'm not sure if it's Eric who drove it, but he was definitely part of it. Yep. And um, we all the boys got down there, nearly the whole first grade squad. I don't think you'd see that today. <laughs> yeah, but he got the whole the squad was down there and with a shovel and a pick. Yeah, we dug them all out. Dug them all out and sort of brought it back to a reasonable standard, you know what I mean? So it was good that everyone put in. But I think, you know, that was a team spirit that we had and clubs, club spirit, yeah. Are there any stories of Eric, of whether it be a game, um, maybe a series of games or training session or something where when you think of Eric that that comes to mind straight away in your head? Not one game in particular, but I think um, he, I just think the way he built the side and carried us through from the late 80s into early 90s was just building. And then uh, the grand final series, the final series before the 91 grand final. It was a big achievement for the club. And was it hard for the playing group because you were potentially going to be league champions and then? In the last few rounds, um, it, he's dropped off and, and yeah, I think yeah. West Victory took the title. Did Eric play a big part in getting you guys to regroup and and then put your best foot forward in the final series? I think, yeah, I'd, 
like the period of time then at the back end of the season was disaster. We we had a very sort of thin squad, I would say. But yeah. we did have a few guys out, but we definitely had enough quality in the squad still to get us home. But for whatever reason, we never we couldn't deliver those last six games. I think we might have been four or five points in front with about just a small hand, four, I don't know, might have been four games to go and we lost lost and end up finishing fourth, I think. Uh, Tomo was sort of, I think he just believed in us. He just instilled that belief. It's a fitting achievement that although, like you said, um, he taught yourself and many other guys there at Baugiani and, and committee guys with his effort off the field and on the field, a lot of things that that it was great to to win a trophy of significance before he left the club? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think he knew all the bones were there in the squad to sort of um, do a job, and he just put them all together. He's pretty much put the jigsaw puzzle together, and with that um, belief in us, um, we knew we could go a long way in that Premier League and, and win it, even though we hadn't done it before. Yeah, the belief he sort of instilled in this, I think that's um, what he wanted everyone to believe they could um, go to another level um, if they all stuck together and that. So, um, yeah, he sort of built the foundations for, for everyone there. And it was just yeah, it was a shame, shame that he'd left the club not long after that. Yeah. And was it a another sort of trust in Eric that I think coming into that grand final, one of the uh, best players in the team, mm. Glenn Keaton, was suspended and that um, yep. Peter O'Brien comes into the team who had groin injuries throughout the yeah. year and didn't play much the year, gets put in and, and everyone just didn't really miss a beat against a quality fig tree team. That's right. It was a big step up for Pete that day far out. Yeah, but we knew we could do it. I remember having the conversation with uh, Danny Valista, actually. <laughs> there was no question. We knew we were going to win. And is there any final thoughts, Garth, uh, about Eric the man and and um, how he sits in your head and heart um, now, all these years uh, later? It's probably what I've already said before. He's just a very caring and understanding person, just a um, great clubman. I think he was just uh, a very, as a great man, and you'd you want to get in, you know, you, you would get in the trenches next to him. Thank you very much for your time, Garth. I, I really and sincerely appreciate you uh, reflecting on your time with Eric uh, at Balgiani Rangers, and um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. No worries, Travis. Any time. Thanks for that. How you going? My name's Dean Marola. Um, yeah, I was uh, a Bergani junior, so I, I grew up playing um, for Bergani from the age of under seven. So I think it was really when I was under 16. I remember the year 1990. Eric Thompson was the mastermind behind uh, the Bergani Academy, Junior Academy, which was really a transition academy into senior football. And 
yeah, Tomo um, would train, you know, club players between the age of probably 15 and, and 18 at the time that he felt were um, were capable of playing first grade in the next year or two. And I think it was the first one of the, the types in the Illawarra. Um, and, yeah, just remember the sessions. I was, I was, like I said, 15, 16 at the time. And, um, yeah, Tomo coached some, some, you know, what turned out to be some very talented footballers in the long run, one being Matt Horsley was in that uh, development squad. And Matt Hordy probably played first grade for Bagani that year. And um, I think Bagani actually won the competition in 1990, if my memory serves me right, under Tomo. So, yeah, Tomo could coach. He was, he was a great coach. But more than that, he, he was passionate about the game and had a big influence on myself and my brother. I remember he pulled us aside when we were 15 and talked to us about what we liked about the game. And Tomo loved talking about the game. And, you know, he had, he had strong opinions about how the game should be played. And he sort of really guided us in, in to, you know, more about understanding the game than, than anyone else before. So, you know, you know, that development academy, a couple of things that do stand out about Tom, he loved talking and sometimes in those sessions he'd, he'd pull up and, and stop the session to talk to everyone about <laughs> why we're moving where and why we're not moving where. And it sometimes dragged on a bit. And the boys would look at each other and go, is Tom going to finish this deal? Or, but that, that was him, you know. He liked to break down every every scenario, situation in the game and, and make sure that every player knew what their role was. And, and that's just how he was. And that was my first sort of foray into, you know, a, a manager who or a coach that would really try to break down or analyse what you're doing and what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, that was the type of coach Tomo was. And like I said, he, he did it more for the love and passion of the game than, than anything else. And, you know, I don't know a person that, that doesn't like, didn't like Tomo and... Um, yeah, fantastic fellow. Like I said, a big influence on, on what I did in, in my football after that. So, yeah, always had, had a lot of time for him and he always had a lot of time for, for the players he coached. And for yourself uh, now, uh, you're reflecting on it, but you did say uh, during your playing and, and you've done some coaching uh, in various areas as well, um, how did it specifically impact your playing and then coaching? Yeah, look, I think I took a lot from what what Tomo sort of taught me just in the way that he managed players. Um, he knew how to manage a player really well and, and get the best out of them. And while he was a quietly spoken bloke, if you, if you sat down and listened to him, um, he was able to, to, you know, express what he felt about a situation and how he thought you could play better or be a better player. Without He, he never insulted a player. I don't, I don't think he ever said to me, this player can't play or that player can't play. He was always looking at the positives in every player. So... I sort of took that from there and, you know, I was lucky enough to play 10, 12 years of Premier League and, yeah, while I finished a little bit early, I felt with uh, with injuries, um, you know, I, I took a lot of what he coached me and from there I, I ended up coaching at the Lambie in, in the, the first division and that was my first sort of coaching of men and, yeah, I took a lot of what he sort of taught me and I took that into my coaching sort of structure and what I wanted and I always found positives in players to, to get the best out of them and I can sort of uh, you know I can thank Tomo for, for that sort of side to my, my coaching I, obviously I'm a teacher and I coach a lot of kids in, in junior football and I'm, I'm now selected at the state level in, in school boys and I still use some of those techniques that Tomo sort of taught me as a as a player and got the best out of me to translate now onto the kids that I coach and you know I, I think the ones that go up through the levels are the ones that really appreciate it more because you're not really coaching them on how to play, but you're talking to them about what their assets are and how they can be better at it. That's uh, fantastic that he had such an impact, not just in uh, your football life, but in, in a bit of your teaching uh, vocation as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and even as a person, you know, like he taught, he taught people, not just taught people, he sort of, um, he really, you know, listened to people, understood them as, as people. And, uh, and as I said, he's just such a positive influence in, in every way. And I, yeah, I, I didn't know a person that didn't, didn't like Tom or didn't, didn't like what he was all about. Well, Dean, I'd like to sincerely thank you for, for being part of this uh, podcast and, and project where I'm getting people to uh, express and uh, remember and reflect their memories. And, and I greatly appreciate your time um, in uh, getting in contact with me and, and speaking about your memories. It's appreciated. No, it's a pleasure, mate. No, thanks very much, Track. It's a pleasure. And I think, um, you know, anything anything spoken about Tomo is, uh, is going to be positive because he's such a fantastic role model. Richard Peel uh, and uh, Eric Thompson coached me in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, um, and uh, was one of the uh, most enjoyable coaches that I played under, to be honest. Richard, you uh, were in a young team and you were a young man yourself uh, when when Eric was coaching you. Um, uh, how did he impress you and, and the other younger members of the squad of Balgani Rangers? Well, Eric was a uh, was more than a coach to most of the players. I mean, Eric was a, I guess, a second father figure for for many of us, including myself. Um, and um, he he was willing to show faith in hardworking young players um, and make hard decisions that many other coaches wouldn't do, like uh, uh, putting young players in, and, and that's what attracted a lot of players. Uh, to want to work so hard for Eric, um, you know, a classic is Matt Horsley. I, I'm sure Matt Horsley would agree that Eric was a very positive influence on his career, um, as well as many other players um, of that time. So, no, very positive coach, very, very willing to uh, um, to make the hard calls. And on the field for yourself, uh, what did he teach you about the game and and about your your own game and about the game of football? I guess I'd come back from England, uh, playing over uh, with with some of the um, in what's now the Premiership in, youth level in the Premiership in England, and I guess what I saw in uh, in Eric was um, a reinforcement of the values of the English game. He, he was very much um, for making sure the players understood the structure of the game, understood yep. their, their roles within those structures, and um, was very, you wouldn't call him defensively minded, but he, he understood the value of if you stopped other teams from scoring, you had a great chance of winning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of reinforcement of some of the principles that I, I, I learned overseas, I would say is what I took from Eric. And in terms of your vocation in the past 20 years, um, uh, from other, uh, players that I've talked to, Eric had a, a real focus on fitness. Um, what was his fitness regime like, uh, when he coached you? So, yeah, look, Eric was a little bit ahead of his time in regards to fitness. He was prepared to push players uh, to their limits um, and probably understood that side of the game probably better than most coaches in that in that era. And uh, certainly for me, um, 
had a massive influence on 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 you know my work life uh, following I, I I learned off Eric how to enjoy fitness yeah. um, and then I uh, you know I obviously got into the the fitness game fairly heavily over the last 20 years and um and, and yeah I, I would certainly go as far as saying that uh, you know Eric influenced uh, my passion for fitness for sure and uh, that period there at Bergani Rangers um Eric uh, yourself uh, and the committee and other players uh, it was a successful period so how do you reflect on it now and and Eric's impact on the club and and the results that you had I reflect on it very very fondly um I'm st- still in touch with most of the players uh, particularly from the 91 grand final um uh, I'm very close with a number of them we catch up regularly still in fact a few of us went overseas together uh, two years ago for a trip um and uh you know Eric was the glue behind that team um you know, it's no shying away from the fact that um, following in, uh, unfortunately, there's a little, little bit of, uh, I guess, some people that had been um, under Eric's guidance for a long period of time through the juniors and that, and some of those players were were looking for some uh, uh, additional. Um, variety in the the coaching side of things and it's one of my big regrets that um, um, in that 92 season that Eric should have still been at the club Uh, and I think we all know that and I think we all know now that it was a massive mistake um, to uh, uh, not give Eric the the support he he deserved in that 90 to to stay at the club in the 92 season. And look, the reality is Eric went on to be very successful at other clubs. Um, And Eric and I remained close friends after that period. Um, But uh, unfortunately, he felt that he didn't didn't have the full support of all the players for that 92 season, which wasn't quite true. There was many of us that wanted to see Eric continue in that year. Um, And um, I think uh, we probably would have had a more extended period of success had Eric stayed at the club, to be honest. And it's tough to talk about that, Travis. Mm. It's tough, tough yeah. to talk about that period because, um, like I said, most of us remained very close with Eric after that period. Um, just the way things panned out. Um, and I'm sure he's looking down now, listening to this and, and saying, you're right, if you'd have kept me there, we'd have been more <laughs> successful. And, and I think he's right <laughs> in saying that. So, yeah, very very strong character and a very kind human being. That 91 season, you uh, scored a, a great goal um, in that grand final. But that whole season, um, nearly getting the league championship, but then winning the grand final, was that a, a true test for him as a coach after a sort of a, a bit of the letdown with the league championship slipping and then going into the final series a bit flat, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I still remember the grand final day. Um, and I was very fortunate, very fortunate to have a decent game that day. Um and, and candidly score a pretty lucky goal, if you ask me, although we other people probably remember that different, but it's not often that I scored with my head at my height, five foot two. So, um, 
but you know, Eric had immense belief that we would win that grand final. He had no doubt. Um, I remember a really long conversation after the last training session. I remember you know, the conversation with Eric before the game because we had one of our key players, Glenn Kearden, out for the, the yeah. final, and he made a very brave call to bring Pete O'Brien back into the side who'd been injured most of the season, and I think most coaches would have would have uh, thought he was crazy, but he believed that the, the, the team that we put out on the park could do the job, and and um, didn't waver from that belief, and he was right. Um, and, I, and I think it's candidly the highlight of a lot of our careers. Um, and, you know, it'd be wrong for anyone to say that Eric wasn't the largest part of that success that, that year. So, yeah, it was great. Eric went on to do other things after Bowgani Rangers, as did yourself. Um, how did he then, um, I guess, influence your time in the game and, and outside of life as well? Anyone who spent time with Eric uh, couldn't help be, a, um, be uh, influenced by how humble Eric was as a person yeah. um, and um, how, I guess, he taught... I taught a, a lot of us the importance of um, unity in groups, um, and um, you know, especially that '91 season, um, being able to bring us back from you know finishing the season off fairly average, but um, you know getting us to that that grand final was all about um, you know staying humble, staying focused. Um, believing in yourself, and um, I think a lot of us carried that stuff through into other parts of, of our life. Um, certainly, the humble part um, you know, it, it was uh, amazing to watch. Um, you know, watch him not never brag. You, Eric would never tell anybody he was a good coach, or that he just let his uh, actions do the talking. And it was um, it couldn't help but rub off all the younger players, uh, um, including myself. Are there uh, any games or or periods there in your time with Eric that still uh, stick in the memory that you can sort of vividly recall um, at, a, at a minute's notice? Yeah. Look, the one that obviously, you know, that we've just talked about is um, that grand final, but the... the the lead-up game to that grand final also sticks in my mind. I'm pretty sure it was Bulleye. I think we played on um, down at um, um, uh, Olympics ground yep. down there. In, and, um, again, we were the underdogs for that game. And um, just the belief that Eric put into the team at that time um, was, was pretty phenomenal. Um, he just uh, didn't waver. He truly believed that we could uh, get to that grand final and... Um, yeah, that's what sticks in my mind about Eric is the back end of that season. Um, he just believed that we could do it, and we did. Are there uh, any uh, sort of uh, sayings that he might have had or or sort of, uh, uh, I guess, ways that he would communicate that would still sort of reverberate in your mind? Not particular sayings, but I can just, I can see, you know, talking to you about Eric, I can see him, I can see him in the dressing room at halftime and... and his his mannerism didn't very rarely change whether you were winning five nil or losing five nil. He still spoke in a 
relatively calm tone and, and gave you know vivid instructions and and, and um, um, but very rarely did you see Eric lose his lose his temper. In fact, I can't I can never picture Eric actually losing his temper. Um, not like some of the other coaches that I've uh, that I've had in my time. Um, and that stands out for me that you know the, the calmness that he brought into the into and I think because the team was so young, I, I think it was the right way to approach it. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, Richard, I, I sincerely thank you for for adding your memories and and thoughts on um, the great man Eric Thompson and and Richard Peel. I thank you very much for for joining me on a on a Wednesday night and hopefully uh, at uh, some. Uh, part of uh you know my life and your life we can get back together and and talk about your whole football journey as uh i might not get a chance but um being a bally junior um and then becoming a bally ranger you're one of my heroes uh i'm i'm uh, probably the same size as you so um i always tried to you emulate you on the field didn't get anywhere near it but um still loved watching you and um like i said thank you very much for being part of this Thanks, thanks for that, mate. I'm, 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 I'm smiling here, mate. You, 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 the bar's very low if you were trying to emulate me. <laughs> There's many, many better players that I could name throughout Illawarra. You know, Claude Cellini, Jock Melando, um, Mick Richardson. There's so many players. Rob Giraldi. There's so many players that uh, that um, I think were really, really good players. The Illawarra's produced some, uh, some, some great players throughout the years and um yeah i'd love to get together someday and talk about them yeah well uh, good. well fingers crossed we can do that and like i said thank you very yeah. much and sincere good appreciation. on you mate. thanks Richard. thank you thanks talk mate. soon mate good on you bye Bye-bye. Yeah, day. It's Andrew Naylor here. I uh, joined Val Gowney back in uh, late 80s, 88, 89, and uh, Eric Thompson was our first grade coach back then. So, yeah. And, uh, Andrew, what were your first thoughts of Eric the coach when you came back to the club? Oh, yeah, I sort of I knew of Eric. You know, I, I, I came from Tarawana. I was a Val Gowney junior. I, I knew of Eric and... All my mates told me what a gentleman he was, and uh, the, the training was all was pretty structured. And um, yeah, the, the never true word spoken. Basically, absolute gentleman, Domo, um, as we called him, uh, or Eka. And uh, yeah, he was yeah straight straight to the point, and and he just had that innate ability to to mould a team together. And yeah, we had we had. Quite a successful year when we first came back, and um, yeah, from a very talented junior base where I left, or an under youth grade capacity when I left, and came back, and then youth grades had a couple more mature uh, years to mature, and yeah, we had quite a uh, successful undefeated season, what I recall. Yeah, and uh, went up from first division into the Premier League. So from a training perspective, uh. Was he pretty uh, structured, like you said, and disciplined in terms of fitness? Oh, as people will recall, it, it was quite a different ball game to what it is today. And um, training was very structured. And yeah, pre-season was the old, yeah, didn't see much ball to start off with and, until you got your match fitness up. And then 
yeah, it was structured training and away you go. And, mate, the results spoke for themselves, I believe. In terms of one-on-one chats, um, did he sort of speak to you early on in terms of where you were going to play that season coming back from, from Tarawana? Or, or did you just, you know, he selected the team out aloud and, and then you just went about it? Or he, he did speak to you about where he saw you playing? I don't generally recall uh, single one-on-one chats. It was yeah, more, you know, more. Uh, you trained as a as a, uh, a group, so to speak, like the, the three grades together at times, and then he would separate the first grade squad probably on a Thursday night, and uh, yeah, we pretty much fell into our own positions, and it was yeah, pretty pretty well set. Um, and yeah, and I, I look, I, I I came back as a from a right back position and, and pretty much fell into the sweeper position as they say they called it back then. You know, a, a back four, you know, just a a right fullback, a left fullback, a sweeper, and a centre half. And yeah, went from there. And on game day, what was uh, Eric like as a coach? Was he a tactician and 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 gave a, a lot of details or or a motivator or a bit of both. Uh, he was a bit of both. He 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 knew what had to be done, and we had some talented talented players, talented players back then. You know, um, Matt Walsley. You know, began his first grade career under Tomo as a you know as a fifteen sixteen year old. You know, and and stood out like no end. You know, like I mentioned before, it was a a totally different game, you know. It was uh, not so much playing it around at the back. You know, we kind of, yeah, lumped the ball forward <laughs> with two very talented strikers and Matty Horsley and the likes of Peter O'Brien and, and Greg Yeoman just used to mop up and we used to, yeah, it was, and Tom, I just knew how to, to mould that team. And there was a lot of young kids in that team, you know, 18, 19-year-olds playing first grade. I, I might have been one of the oldest and, I mean, Graham loved it as well. But, yeah, he just he just knew how to mould the team together. And uh, like you said, it was, and, and other guys have said it, that they were young at the time and it was a young squad. Uh, do you think um, he then uh, had a way with younger guys to, or treated you guys in a certain way to make sure he got the best out of out of the squad? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not only on the park, I mean, off the park was a totally different scenario to to, to the current times. You, you went you went back and had a, a drink at, you know, the opposition team when you could, and then we went back to our own sponsors, licensed premises, whatever you would like to call it, and Tomo was a part of that, and he, he mixed with the lads, you know, and he had that, like I say, he could do that quite easily and shared a drink with the lads, and, and then... But, Come game day, or we had a game the next day, or come the next training session, it was it was back to business, and so he had he had a rapport with that young group of lads, and there would have been, as you, as I mentioned, there was underage lads, as, as you say, under eighteen, the ability to all socialise together, it was just yeah amazing. It was an amazing time in in my football career. It was yeah some of the greatest times without a doubt. And as a coach, what do you think his uh, strengths were? His ability to mould a, a group of players into a strong force within the competition. I mean, not long after, you know, he, he moved on from Balgiani and he went, he moved over to Cringilla and 
Kundula were there, were always there or thereabouts. But when when Tom Oeka moved to Kundula and he ended up taking a couple of the Belgiani players over there, you just have to look at their record. So to then move on to another club and mould that team into a championship winning, you know, quite a successful one. I think they won, you know, maybe, I couldn't tell you how many trophies when yeah, Tom was the coach. You know what I mean? So that speaks for itself, What how we could manage a team. It wasn't called a manager, it was called a coach. A different group of players and mould that into a championship team. Well, that speaks for itself. Tracker. And uh, for yourself, uh, what did he teach you as a, a as a footballer? No nonsense, mate. Just you just lead the troops from the back, and just yeah, no, just get behind that. Get the you lose the ball, get behind the ball, win the ball back, and then we'll do you know then we'll we'll work from there. Coming from the you know, the youth grade set up more, and you had to mature a bit, which I did not so much at Belgian. I came back and. Yeah, just that innate ability to say, you know, work back, work as a team. There's no why in team. And like I said, we had, we had a great a great bunch of lads. And I'm not just talking first grade. If someone got injured or someone got suspended, he brings someone in and, you know, fit into that team and just more so work as a team. We're, we're in this together, lads. It's not 11 players, it's 15 on the day, so to speak. And then, yeah, someone had to come in. Okay, this is such and such. Work, work him into the team, and yeah, that work as a team was the biggest thing. And are there any um, uh, when uh, you know I've spoke to you about doing this, or or when someone in the past has uh, since he's passed away talks about Eric? Is there something in your mind that you go back to straight away that you can in in some game or halftime talk, or is there something in your memory that's still vivid when you think of think of Eric? Uh, I'll I'll go back to '91 and um, particularly to to the grand final. It was it was a probably to to our advantage. We were playing West Victory, and I don't know how many people know the West Victory story. This is Phil Carr, was the coach of West Victory, a very very dominant first grade squad of of the era, yeah. the late '80s, early '90s, and here's this young young, and I'll say mature bunch of lads when we. We made it to a grand final against this team. This team had won the previous two grand finals. Um, they'd won the minor premiership the year. We probably threw the minor premiership away that year with without immaturity. You know, guys getting suspended late in the year, and we had the competition chopped to pieces. So be it. We threw it away. But some grand final day, you know, we we dominated the minor semi-final. We completely. Demolished. I think it was Coromel at the time, and because we end up finishing fourth or third that year, it was only yeah. a top four, I believe. So we went from dominating the top, you know, should have finished first, didn't ended up in the minor placings, and I think we demolished Coromel out there at Balls Paddock, I think, and then then we had to play South Coast United. I think there was a couple of Belgiani players in that team. We we managed to win that to get to the grand final, and and. It was a terribly hot day that day, and he just Thomas just went back to where we, we did all year. Just do what you do, guys. Go out there, you know, and and it was it was you know we did all the celebrations and whatnot. It was only when I look back at the photo after the game and and I see I see Eric's face and he's he's 
he's not looking across at the cat. He's looking over at his team, you know, and the joy on his face. And that's what. And to get hold of the guy after the game, and you know, and give him that hug and say, you know, we we beep it out. We did it. We effing did it. You know what I mean? And yeah. the joy on his face. That's the memory I have of this fellow. You know, looking back all these times and. I had to play against him a couple of years later, you know, Balgan against Pendula, you know, and it was, again, it's another story. Tracked it. Balgani was there, hadn't won a game this particular year. I think it was two years later. Yep. And he went to Pendula on a Friday night and they hadn't lost the game. And here's these, here's these ex-Balgani players playing for Crinny and I knew what a task it was going to be to go there. And, we came off there with a 1-0 victory on this particular occasion, on this, on this night, their first loss of it. And to walk back through, the, try and get back through the sheds and <clears throat> everyone was, the knives were out for Tomo that night from the Congilla supporters, you know what I mean? <laughs> He'd done nothing wrong. That was just, that's another memory I, of of Eric, you know, and I, I went over and shook his hand that night and, and you could just hear the crowd. It was just incredible when you had massive crowds back there, particularly at Cream Park on a Friday night and, a smile on his face, and I—he always had a smile. And he shook his. He was always a gentleman, mate. And I'm welling up a bit now. Yes, you know, it's um, I'm an emotional when it comes to football and memories. And no matter what happened that night, he did nothing wrong. And we jagged a one-nil victory at their ground. You know, we just again, I just, my brother was coaching me again at that time, and we just went out there and did what we had to do to nullify Cringilla as, as, and we got lucky, and we we did it, but. I'll never forget the scenes that night after the game, you know, and he'd go back into their clubhouse and it was all these people looking at him, but Tomo was still there open arms, shake your hand again and do you want to drink in? Here we go. You know what I mean? And a gentleman just on and off the park, an absolute gentleman and, yeah, take it too soon and, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Again, I don't know what to say. No, I think um, we'll end it on that note and I sincerely thank you for for giving up your your time to to speak to me today it, it means a lot to me uh that you can uh speak about someone that's special in the football sense and and as a human being uh, across this footballing region and and thank you very much for for taking out your time mate to to speak to me about eric it, it, it's fantastic no thank you travis i appreciate you yeah, ringing me and asking and yeah Absolutely, an honour to know the bloke, and yeah, it's just yeah, it is emotional as you said. And thank, you, thank you again for yeah, thinking of me to talk to her about the man because yeah, absolute legend of a man in a local game. So thanks again, Travis. I appreciate it. Hi, this is Glenn Keaton. Bit of a talk about Eric Thompson, Tomo, Ecker, ET, whatever you want to call him. First coached by uh, by Eric in '86, uh, whilst playing for Bally Rangers uh, under 19 side. Yep. Uh, that year, that year we won everything. We won the minor premiership, the Cass Cup, and grand final. He was a quietly spoken man, but hugely passionate about the game, especially uh, his beloved Liverpool FC. <laughs> much to my much to my demise, because I was a Man United supporter, but uh, my brother was a Liverpool supporter. And at the time that Eric was involved in the club, my parents were also fairly heavily involved. So dad was the president and mum was uh, secretary. So, um, yeah, the family got 
quite heavily involved with Eric uh, over the years. And uh, your first impressions of him as a coach in the under-19s team? Yeah, well, look, we had a pretty strong side. So, you know, you, you always wonder whether it's the team or the coach, but obviously you need someone to orchestrate um, success. And obviously he did that. So, you know, my experience with Eric was always positive. You know, I, I think he brought the best out in us. And, and the, the good thing about Eric was that he believed in in youth. So uh, he gave a lot of the young guys uh, a go. Um, Under-19s, we had 16- and 17-year-olds playing in that team. And they eventually uh, moved through when he moved up to the, the senior management or senior coaching role. Your thoughts um, in terms of him as a coach, did he change too much when he went from youth grade to first grade? No, not really. I, I think his coaching method was was pretty um, standard, pretty straightforward. We most of our teams attacked. Um, he used to like to get down the wings, cross the ball over, and and attack the ball in the in the box. So I don't think that changed from youth grade to to first grade. And I think it was a successful uh, formula formula for um, for those years that we were under him. And for yourself, uh, how did you develop as a player under Eric as a coach? Oh, look, I, I think he was probably the, the most influential out of all of my coaches at that period. I mean, obviously, from 16 to 20 or 21, which I think was about the, the age group that I had him, he you know, was very generous with his time. When I was playing a lot of schoolboys uh, stuff with State or uh, South Coast or even eventually Australia, he, he went about giving me all of the time in the world for additional training sessions, just yeah. one-on-one training sessions, um, which he didn't have to do. So, you know, obviously at that point he was getting close to retirement with his work, so he had a, a lot more um, you know, free time, but still he didn't have to give it to, to myself or others in terms of, one-on-one training. And that period there at Balgiani Rangers, you and him uh, and, a, and a couple other players sort of went through together from the youth grade ranks then to first grade and from the first division to Premier League and then ultimately uh, an IPL grand final win. So um, he was pretty humble, was he? It, the success never changed him? No, absolutely, mate. He was, um, he was always Tomo. Um, yeah, he loved the bourbon and coke. Used to drive around in his Nissan Skyline. <laughs> Always loved spending time with the boys. You know, he, he, I'm sure he, he loved uh, the the coaching side of it. You know, that he had a couple of nights a week training with the boys, and then the weekends. And we'd always go back to Collegians at Bowgowney or you know Valley Pub or wherever the the um, location would be for him to have a few drinks with the boys. And you spoke of uh, your parents. Uh high involvement in the club in terms of being on the committee there and and helping to run the club. Uh, When speaking to Paul Dallas, uh, he did say that uh, Eric uh, did help out the committee and and, and volunteer his time, not just in coaching. Is is that how you saw it as well? Yeah, absolutely. He was heavily involved in the club itself. Um, He had a passion for the club. Uh, Obviously, the club were the players and the the families uh, that were involved, but... um, yeah, he was more than uh, happy to put his time and effort and money in some cases um, to, to to help support the club. And are there any, um, over that period of five to six years where you had him as coach, is there anything that um, on game day that still lives in the memory when you 
when you hear the name Eric Thompson that you sort of go back to in the brain and go, oh, I remember that one? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, it was never big for speeches or you know, motivation. It was a fairly simple game plan, like I said, when we played. Um, I guess the you know the highlights for me were in 87, I think it was. Uh, sorry, 88 was uh, the team. You know, we, we went through undefeated. At that stage, we were playing in the lower division. We went through the comp undefeated, but could only manage third on on the table, which was a little disappointing. But uh, the district, in its wisdom, decided to promote us to the Premier League, which uh, you know was a, a big deal for Bowgowney. Yeah. And then you know three years later, we reached the pinnacle when we um, made the grand final and and won two one. Unfortunately, I missed that through suspension, and that was frustrating at the time. But um, yeah. 2-1 win over West Fig Tree with Richard Pearl and Brendan Flood scoring. It was uh, the highlight of most of our careers, I think, at that point. So, um, yeah, that's probably the thing that lives longest in the memory is uh, that 91 grand final. And in terms of uh, Eric's qualities as a coach, you, you spoke before about his generosity. Is is that one of his uh, main qualities? And there, are there others? Yeah, look, as I said, generosity is probably his... his main uh, attribute and that was not just with time but his knowledge he was always uh you know he was a, a keen supporter of, of football itself um you know back in those days with the old brandon park we used to as a group go and watch um you know wolves games he'd be always in attendance at at other matches uh, it was like his life was revolved around football but as I said, he, he, he just had a major influence on uncountable young footballers um, throughout the Illawarra. And um, I'm sure that without his involvement, at least my footballing experience wouldn't have ended up as positive and as successful as it did. So I'm sure that's the same case for uh, a large number of Illawarra players. And uh, from yourself now, you're, you're talking about a, a period over two decades ago when and um, yep. recounting your memory of him. Um, is it still a, a, a great feeling in your mind that you had involvement with him and, and had those uh, five or six years together? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we still talk about it today. I still hang out with a lot of the guys uh, from that era, you know, the Peter O'Briens, the Greg Gaimans, Richard Peels, Andrew Naylor's. Uh, and, you know, it's always a topic of conversation. So, like I said, it's, it's been a, a positive uh, on my life and on theirs, uh, we, we created wonderful friendships for, for players. You know, we still catch up. I still try and do an annual catch up for the 91 grand final team. Um, disappointingly, Eric can't be in attendance anymore, but, um, he used to come along occasionally. Um, yeah, look, it was, it was a, the pinnacle of my career back then, you know, any grand final you play in, even though, like I said, I did miss playing in it, but uh, making grand finals a difficult thing to do, as you're probably well aware. So you savour that when you make them and uh, you certainly uh, appreciate them uh, if you're lucky enough to win one. Well, Kido, I'd like to sincerely thank you um, for helping me out in, in putting these uh, memories from former players and and other people that interacted with Eric over the years, it, it means a lot to me that I could get you on the podcast, uh, the time that you spent with him and, and hearing about it. So uh, thank you very much, Kido, for, for helping me out. Thanks, Track. Cheers, mate.
Uh, hello, everybody. My name's uh, Matt Horsley. Um, I was a former uh, player at Balgowney. I was a Balgowney junior there uh, when I was five years of age, and I played all the way through till I was about um, 18, 19. Um, when I was about 16 years of age, I remember trialling for the um, under-18s team, or known as the youth team at Balgowney, um, thinking that I might be a shot at yep. uh, getting to that team. And then it was at that point, I, when I went down the training, I was did a training session, and the next time I came down, I was training with the first team. And that was probably one of the first times I met Eric and um, started a, a, a pretty strong relationship. Uh, probably as one of the biggest influences of my early career of, of, of soccer or football, as we, as we know it. And I just remember when I got called up to start training with the, uh, the first grade team, he showed that he had a lot of belief in me um, and encouraged me to uh, keep trying to do my best. Another thing I liked about Eric was he gave opportunities to people that he believed had the potential and he always encouraged those people to, to do those kind of things on the field, um, encouraged people to, to be aggressive um, and, to, and to be themselves on the football field and um, I just remember when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17, playing or training with the first graders, it was uh, it was a very awesome feeling. But as I said, Eric gave everyone that opportunity and made you feel uh, pretty special. And I just remember that team was full of a lot of young players, people like Peter O'Brien, Greg Yeaman, and then we had some older heads uh, like Graham Lovett. Um, Richard Peel. So we had a, a great mix, but I just remember uh, Eric providing people the opportunity. And I remember it was a really good young team and he just made made people feel welcome. Yeah, he, he believed in, in the youth and kept um, on pushing that, I remember, when I was playing through. And um, he gave me my opportunity to, to play in the first grade team. I'm not sure who I played against in that game, but I just remember from that point on, uh, he gave me the belief that, you know, I could match it uh, with older players and, and with men. And he made sure that um, that the other players in the team looked after me. So it was pretty much, a, you could say, a father figure to uh, to a lot of the, the players in the team. And he was just a, a real special person. And, you know, he was always first to training, uh, setting up the goals and always last to leave. And if you wanted to have a chat to him, uh, he was never in a rush. Um, and he always made lots of time for people, and um, you know he was probably one of the, the, the one of the biggest influences uh, on my on my early career. You turn up, I think, from memory, it was '88, and um, you, you're turning up. Uh, I think uh, Bluey Drain and uh, Paul Dallas were the youth grade coaches at the time, and and you're going over to to train youth grade, and then uh, you get the call up. Uh, to train with first grade, at first, did you think it was a joke? Because, uh, like you said, you're you you're new to senior football, and 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 this guy called Eric Thompson uh, wants you over there. Yeah, it was uh, it was, um, I, yeah. When you get the call up to go and train with the first team, you think, oh, they must be short of numbers. <laughs> so I'm just going across there to fill it up, like they might be having a practice game and just need a, a plus one in there. But as I, when I went across, it was, you know, the team made you feel very um, uh, welcome. And that's the one thing I've always enjoyed about uh, Balgowney. 
Uh, they've always been such a welcoming team. Yeah, but when I went across there, probably after the first session, I realised that, you know, I could I could match it with, with some of the boys there. And when I got told that I would be training with them, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was quite in awe because there were some really good, talented players there at the time. And for me to play alongside them and uh, to train with them was going to make me a better player. Um, so I, I, yeah, I really appreciate uh, Eric believing in me and giving that opportunity. And uh, as I said, it's helped me develop into the the player that was to come afterwards. So um, I was just really fortunate in that time of my life that um, have someone with a bit of self belief in me and encouraging me. And and I think the biggest thing was giving giving you an opportunity, you know. And if you fail the first couple of times, he's someone that would just stick by you. Um, and that's the that was the one thing that I, I really um, appreciate about Eric. He was just that kind of person that you know wasn't in it for the wins, but was in it for the development of players and the development of football and for the development of Bagani to 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 make them be the best uh, on and off the field. And um, he was very influential in the the player culture there too. And you know everyone loved to, to come to training. It wasn't a chore. And um, everyone loved seeing the the belly song. You know, after a win, and you know, to to win a grand final as well um, was was something special for me too. Because you don't get to play in many grand finals uh, through your career or significant ones, and uh, I just remember that one was was quite significant. And uh, I, I do remember I had to choose between between playing in that grand final and playing, I think, for the Wollongong Wolves, and I chose to play for Balgany because of as I said, Eric's faith in me and, and giving me the opportunity and that put me on the platform that I could be seen by, you know, the, by the Wollongong Wolves and have that opportunity to go and play there. So if I was playing youth team, I might not have been seen, but Eric saw something and believed in me. And as I said, he's uh, probably given me that opportunity to be seen on a on a bigger stage, probably projected me forward into the, into the Wollongong Wolves um, a lot earlier than um, I thought I anticipated. Because at that stage, I didn't think I was going to go anything anywhere further than <laughs> playing first team football. Talking about the the '91 Grand Final, there it must have been a couple of people from the outside not knowing the context of what had transpired in in your football development with Eric and Bowgani. That it was a bit of a bizarre decision that you've made in that Grand Final. But um, like you just said, then there was other things in that led up to that that made you make that decision. Yeah, because um, I remember um, David Ratcliffe was the coach at the time at uh, Wollongong Wolves, and he and he, he was another great coach that I did have, and uh, and he's I wouldn't say as an ultimatum, but it was like, well, if you don't play for us, you might be put on the back burner for you know a couple of weeks, and you're going to have to earn your spot at at the Wolves. But I. Um, I was pretty quick to make my decision um, because obviously you put a lot of years and work into it and same with the with your teammates as well. And when you have that opportunity, a lot of them don't come up very often. And and I look back on that that game when we played, I think it was against Victory at yeah. um, Coromel. And, you know, really, uh, Ben Flood scored the, scored the goal. I've got a great memory. Look at that. It's like 35 years ago. I'm still remembering <laughs> some of the names. So if I make some mistakes, just bear with me. But um, but that was a you know a very special time. And 
And I think that's the one thing that um, I learned when I was at, um, at Bowgain about being loyal to your teammates and being loyal to your coach. And, you know, you, when you play a part in the team for them to reach there, you you want to see it through to the end. So, as I said, the decision was made pretty uh, pretty quickly. But um, it's one I look back on, and I'm, I'm glad I made that decision to play in that and um, to reap the, reap the benefits of the win. So, uh, you know, you, you get stuff put into your head by your coaches and, and you get stuff put in your head by your fellow teammates. So the decisions are made quite quickly. And uh, I, I remember going out afterwards and really enjoying the night with everybody and um, for all your hard work, all the pre-season that we used to do and hard work at the fields and stuff like that. And it's just an opportunity to reflect and go back and go, you know, we worked really hard for this and we deserved it. Yeah, definitely. The uh, Eric as a coach in those Bowgiani years, um, uh, when you reflect on it now or maybe you've reflected on it previously, uh, what part of his coaching uh, did he develop in, in your playing side? I think the thing I liked about Eric the most, he wasn't he wasn't an angry coach. Like I've had my fair share of angry coaches during my career when stuff isn't going right. Um, it's hell or high water throwing down the gauntlet at players. I think I only saw him get angry maybe once or twice uh, when he was coaching us um, uh, about having the right attitude. But he was so you know when he was doing that, he was was quite upset because he was a very relaxed and methodical uh, coach. But because I always look at him and I go, if I was going to coach, that's my attributes. That's what I'd want to present to uh, the players that I was coaching. His yeah. his philosophy and just his manner of coaching. Because you know people don't mean to make mistakes. People you know um, don't mean to you know as I said do the wrong things. Um, and mistakes happen. And it's the it's the way the players go about uh, fixing those and not worrying about the coach is going to drag you off or anything like that. And Eric was, you know, if you, I think if you look through the time when he was coaching there, he um, developed so many young players and encouraged a lot of the young players to come through. And he just loves free-flowing football as well. He had a good mindset that um, senior players look after the junior players because I remember I, I got hacked or well, got tackled badly a couple of times and big Glenn Keaton and Andrew Naylor would, next tackle that person went into, they would end up on the ground. So yep. he, he developed a great uh, team camaraderie um, and just his philosophy of football is, you know, he, he wanted us to play uh, good attacking football and, you know, he was just, just a really conscientious coach and did his homework on certain players when we played against teams, you know, and, and really focused on our strengths, not so much, you know, other teams' strengths because, you know, if they score one, we would score two. So, um, it was a real pleasure to, to, to play for. And, um, you know, and that's why all the players tried their best every time he went out there to try and do the best for, for, for Eric. You had another chance um, in between you playing NSL and um, then as, as it was set up uh, back back in the 90s to then come back to the Illawarra Premier League and, and you had some time at Cringilla with Eric. Um, uh, the two squads um, that... That he had it. That's those two clubs were slightly different. In one was very young with a lot of talent, and another was, I guess, uh, you would look back on it now and say a cavalcade of stars in the IPL. So, um, did he coach differently, or was his philosophy always the same? Yeah, that was a um, really tough time at that point because I, when I heard, I'm not sure something happened to Bowgani, and then he got 
picked and co- uh, to coach at Cringella, I really that's how much I respected Eric. Um, that I don't know how much I wanted to play for him um, because, as I said, I I grew up my whole life playing at Balgownie, so yeah. how many years you know over 10, 15 years at the club. So it was a really hard decision for me to to go across to uh, Cringilla. But when Eric was there, I, I knew the kind of coach he was, and I knew that I wanted to uh, play for him. And and as you said, the the team that I, we went into was well, it was it was an unbelievable team. He had a lot of ex uh, NSL players there, and he had some of the best uh, Premier League players uh, come across. So I know Graham Lovett came across with us. I think Phil Saunders came across. Yep. Uh, I remember playing up front with Stephen Krishner as well. So it was just a star-studded team. It was a, it was a really easy team to play for. Um, but in saying that, Eric had a lot of pressure on him because uh, at that point in time, I know Cringilla expected uh, victories, expected wins, um, and expected a lot of silverware. So there was a lot of a lot of pressure on him. Uh, but to his credit, he, he picked the right team each week. And um, I'm not sure on the statistics, but I know we won a lot of trophies that year. Yeah. Um, and I know that, um, you know, Eric was a big part of it. He, he had to pick the team each week. And obviously with a lot of big-name players, there were some players that weren't starting. Um, so he had to manage that. But um, as I said, my time there with Eric, he was um, – he, he doesn't change. That's the one thing I like about him. He sticks by his principles and he doesn't uh, change or – or do anything for anybody else, even if there's pressure placed on him. You know, it's uh, his his philosophy. So if you didn't like it, you could show him the door and he'd go because he'd stick by stick by his philosophies and what he wanted to achieve on the park. And um, to his credit, you know, uh, people want to play for him, um, no matter what shirt they've got on. Um, yeah. He's that kind of coach that just people want to play under. And um, he's just and he was just a great man too. So. Um, you know, he's that's why he's one of the big influences on me, and that's the reason why I went to Cringilla um, because of of his influence. And as I said, uh, I think the year that I was there, we we did do a lot there, and you know, and he's a big big part of the reason why Cringilla had so much success. And talking about um, Eric, the man um, off the football field, um, uh, what sort of relationship did you have with him, and and what sort of person was he? Um, after the game, or or once you finish training, as I said, he's he was one of the most approachable per, uh, people that I've ever met. You'd, you'd be able to sit down and have a chat with him. You could talk about his philosophies. You could ask him questions about uh, what you needed to work on. But as I said, you'd go down to training at Balgowney and he'd be putting the nets up. So he'd be helping put the nets up. And he's it just showed his work ethic at his age. He's he's down there doing the, the bare bones stuff, um, not putting himself above anyone else and whatever needs to be done, he could do. Um, and that's the one thing that I really liked about Eric. He was just his guy that w- would, if if he'd asked you to do something, he would try and do it if you're in, if you're the shoe was on the other foot. Um, and he was just, just a great man and, it's just, it's. I think soccer, you know, lost a, a great champion, uh, not just um, Bowgan and Cringilla, but just the whole of our region. When you look back on it, when someone um, 
passes away, you look at the effect that they have um, on the, the local club, but he just wasn't didn't have an effect on the local club. It had a reflection on like the whole Illawarra region because he was that kind of person who's so influential and he's uh, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him because all he had was kindness and advice for people. So uh, it was really sad news when I heard that he had passed away. I remember where I was. I was I was actually in Bali. Um, holidaying my family when I received the news and it was um, uh, quite devastating uh, news to hear because you always have great memories um, mm. you know and this is even even like I'm talking now I'm getting a bit emotional now and it's like it's like 35 years since you know Eric uh, uh, Eric coached me and um, gave me the opportunity and he's just such a, a such a great person um, great coach, um, and yeah, when I heard he were, uh, had passed away, I just realised what a big effect it would have on the local community, and um, and I think it just showed um, at, at his funeral how much respect people had by the massive turnout that was there, and just the, the respect that people have for him, um, you know. And even today, I get a bit of a smile uh, when I sometimes look back at the video of the the grand final and how influential he was um, and just the, what kind of character he was. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I've only got great, great memories of Eric and he's, he's greatly missed. And is there any, um, when you do uh, sort of go back into the memory bank, is there uh, sayings or mannerisms um, that you can, um, that he sort of repeated uh, often uh, as a coach? Uh, not to me. I just remember he used to call me Maddie and, um, um, and uh, as I said, he he was just this guy that you'd give your all for. And um, he uh, was always there. He liked to have a drink. He was always there. He liked to join in the songs. And But he, he was never there to, to, to take accolades. He yep. let other people take the accolades because that's the kind of uh, person he was. And, and that's why I respected him so much because – you know, he put together teams. He put together those teams that won grand finals, you know, and you always look at at the team, but it's got to be coached. It's got to be managed properly. Um, and, you know, he was never coming to the front of the line to pick up a trophy or anything on those signs there because he was a very humble man and a very quiet man too. But, you know, he just wanted to – he loved the game so much that he wanted to, to share with it as much as he could by influence, uh, influencing players and, just getting young people, um, no matter what category or age they were at or what skill level they at, um, just to, to play the great game because he loved it so much. And when you do um, uh, think about him and, and possibly in, in talking to me about him, is there um, a sort of picture in your mind or a place that you go back to when you um, try and visualise Eric? The memory that I have of him is he would have his black um, Balgani jumper Yep, the woolen oh, one. Yes, <laughs> the the woolen one, and that's every time I think of him, and I always think of him with his um, his 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 cheeky smile, um, <laughs> and um, that's like I'm visualising him now, and that's that's how I see him, and that's how he's he's always stayed in my mind, and um, as I said, he's just such a is a great coach, great teacher, um, and yeah, he's he's greatly missed, and he's just um, as I said, he was a person that influenced me and probably pushed me towards my goals earlier and gave me the belief that, that I could do it. 
Um, so he's got a hell of a lot of... Um, um, he's made me kind of the, the soccer player that I became. And uh, as I said, 80% of that's going to be from Eric um, because of his belief that he has in people. Well, I think on that note, Matt, it's a, a fantastic uh, time for us to reflect uh, when I put this podcast together. And, and I sincerely appreciate um, you uh, putting aside some time to speak to me. Um, I know you're busy, and, and so I sincerely appreciate um, your memories of, of Eric and, and the time that you spent with him uh, all that time ago. So uh, I really appreciate that, Matt. No worries, mate. He was just such a great man, and I commend you for doing a podcast to reflect how great a personality he was and how many people he's influenced. So uh, it was a pleasure, mate. So any time you need to talk about Eric, just put me on speed dial. My name's Graham Lovett. I first met Eric Thompson, I believe it was in 1987, when he became the first grade coach at Balgany Rangers Soccer Club. Uh, I was coached by Eric from 87 to 91 at Balgany. Uh, then I was also coached by Eric at Cringilla Lions Soccer Club from 93 and 94. That first time you met Eric, uh, uh, what were the uh, initial thoughts on him and, and initial discussions that he had with you as a player? I was 21 in 87. Uh, I was the oldest, I believe I was the oldest player in first grade. The first, first couple of times uh, I spoke to Eric, one of the first things he said to me, how would you feel? I was a stopper at the time. He said, how would you feel about playing up front for me? Which, you know, I believe I was a team player. I said, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. <laughs> I don't believe I was ever a great striker, but uh, I had a go. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history, I suppose. He, um, in terms of that first year or first couple of years, uh, it was a young team. Um, and, and so how would he, I guess, coach them? Look, it was a, it was a very young side. Uh, at Balgani, we always seemed to have a, a strong back line. And in those days, we had a, a young midfield that worked. And that's probably how I think we, we won a lot of the games that we did back in the late 80s was we ground teams down uh, by just working hard work and playing for each other, which is the Balgani spirit. Uh, a lot of the young guys back in that team were all Balgani up-and-coming players and uh, we all bonded. We played for each other. Uh, in, that, in those days, that was the Balgani spirit, yeah. And for yourself, uh, what did you think of Eric as a coach, you know, in terms of uh, how, he, how he behaved, how he uh, approached the team in, on a training and on game day? What was he like? Look, 
Having the time now to look back, I think Eric was fairly methodical about what he wanted to achieve. He did it very subtly. Uh, he, like I spoke to you before, Tracker, it was, the time I spent with Eric, it was like he was the rudder. At times where, where he needed to change a little bit, bit of direction, he did so. And as he played with the, the players that he had, if he had to make a decision, uh, he did it very subtly, and and that was that was Eric. Yeah. In relation to training back in those days, we trained hard, and it was more well. In my opinion, it was more about getting our midfield to to gel, which they did, and work hard. Uh, yeah. It was a successful period for Bagani Rangers in the sense that. They moved up a division. You were strong in the first division, the second tier, and then moved up into Premier League and, and had a strong couple of years there. Um, uh, do you think Eric was a big part in, in putting that together uh, amongst the, the players, obviously, and, and the committee as well? Look, yes, Eric was the coach and he has to you know, claim a lot of respect for what he did. It was a young team that uh, he built up and I think it, it in a certain in a certain way it run a course and in ninety one when we won the uh, grand final that was the climax. That team didn't go any further for for yeah for a number of reasons. But uh, as the coach, Eric had to you know he, he coached us through it. And like I said, it was for me in relation to Eric, it was more of the subtle little things that he did. He he loved communicating. He loved to laugh. He loved to talk soccer. He always had his clipboard with him. Yeah, we, you know we were young, energetic, and. He had a team that loved to play soccer and we played for each other, yeah. That uh, 91 season, um, like you said, at the end of it, there was that um, really big high of winning the grand final in Premier League. Um, uh, how was it for you and, and how did you see Eric as a coach? Because uh, throughout most of the season, you were the front runners to potentially win the league and then in the last few games that didn't transpire. So um, how did Eric pick you guys up to play uh, well in the final series and win the grand final? I still remember the clipping from the Mercury, you know. We were seven points in front and and then we we kind of stopped believing for, for a short time. And... We, we had to regroup and we lost a couple of games and but we we got our momentum back and when I say momentum you've got to feel it in the team we all knew it we had it back and and then we continued our march but yeah we did I don't know what happened it but it happened but we re regathered our composure and continued on yeah it was uh I could still have Balgownie should, you know, seven points in front and I think we 
we kind of took our eye off what we were trying to achieve and uh, we all did. You know, it's, that's history, we all did. But we, the thing is, we regained our composure and continued on. And what was it like as a, as a group that grand final day against one of the strongest club teams of that decade um, in, in West Victory? Um, nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody nervous, yeah. Some, some people may have said that um, it should have been you scoring the header ah, in look. the grand final, but Richie Peel... Rose like a salmon, yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah. No, nah, look, it, it, I, I, goals never meant anything for me. I, I didn't care who scored them, so long as we scored them. Uh, yeah, look, it was a, you know, it was just a good day. It ended up, uh, it ended up being a great day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Richie Pearl. Yeah. There's a couple of pictures. Um I'm a Bowgowney person and people who know the podcast know that. Uh, there's a couple of pictures and I've seen them quite frequently. Um, there's one after the game where you obviously, um, you know, uh, the ecstasy, the, you know, the excitement of winning is there. But then there's also a, a picture, I think, taken by the Mercury the day after, sort of Mad Monday celebrations or it could have been Sunday maybe, down at the Fraternity Club and there's a group picture and... And everyone seems content, but, you know, happy as well. Um, was that the sort of mood that Eric created and you were all enjoying? Look, it, it was the mood and uh, it, was, it was, like you, like you said previously, Fig Tree were the team and were the team for many years. And to beat them in a grand final, it was... It was, yeah, it was an achievement. And that next day afterwards, it was, you know, there was a lot of feelings. It was relaxing that we'd achieved it and being with a young team that had, you know, we would we'd achieved so much. And at the time, we didn't know what the future was going to hold us. Yeah, it was a, it was a good feeling. Eric was always a very calming, he had that calming voice, uh, loved to laugh. Yeah, it was a good time for the club and for all the players, yeah, and supporters. The next time you, you met Eric was uh, when you joined uh, Cringilla Lions. Um, was that something that you know came out of the blue that you thought, um, Eric got in contact with you, or, or, or what happened there? Because that was, was that '93 that that happened. It was '93. Yep. Look, the reasons behind me going to Cringilla, only a few certain people know why I why I left Balgowney to go to Cringilla. I was working 12-hour shifts in uh, Bluescope seven days a week. And I met John Cradge on site. He said that he was going to Cringilla. Eric was there. Why don't you come down and have a train, train with us? And uh, there, was a, there was a couple other reasons. 
why I, I went down. I was curious. And once I got there, um, everyone was very welcoming. It was a funny, it was a strange situation that Eric was at this club and there was a wealth of experienced players there. And, um, and once I started training, uh, it was a good feel. Yeah, it was, it was a good fit. And um, like I said, they were, you know, the players were very welcoming to me. And uh, I trained a few times and, and I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. You had seen, this is probably, well, it, it was the second time that you'd seen Eric as a coach. So, uh, Bowgowney Rangers, young team, different circumstances here. Like you said, uh, a wealth of experience at Kringilla, uh, a lot of expectation. So, how was Eric, was he different as a coach with this group versus the Bowgowney group? Look, he, he was different. He had a, a, you know, our captain was Zifko, but Eric and Zifko were working together, and which, looking back, it's another feather in Eric's cap that he worked well with, with someone else to achieve something. That you know, do all coach, will all coaches, you know, a lot of them I think have a certain channeled vision what they want to do uh, but Eric you know he would work with people and uh, looking back I think that was probably one of his uh, strengths he wanted to work with people in relation to tactics I think uh, you know I can see a lot of similarities with his coaching methods but as for strikers, it was one night a week where we only worked alone and we went through drills. Runs, giving your other, you know, creating space for other strikers. And we went through it and we were well drilled. Which, at the time, I think there was me, Krishna, Matty Horsley, and we, we, we loved playing with each other. And the good thing about Cringilla was we had players that could bring you into the game more, like John Krananovic, the goalkeeper, could hit me anywhere, do a drop kick and hit me anywhere on the halfway line. I could flick it on to Matty or Krish and we're away. We, we'd, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great time. But getting back to... To Eric there again, he just, he was the rudder and just kept us balanced and centred. It would be interesting to see what Zifko uh, had to say about those times. You know, he, he uh, spent a lot of time talking to Eric about different things, I suppose. The team um, had a lot of experience and, and there was expectation, you know, there was some good teams like Burnhill, Coniston, um, Olympic, so it, was, it wasn't going to be an easy year, but um, as the year went on, um, uh, 
Fringilla kept rising, rising to the top. So, uh, did that surprise you to the extent that you, you sometimes you just don't know how you're going to go in a year, even if you've got very good players? Well, I can remember the year before. I think Eric was at, uh, I think it was Serbia yeah, with Zivko, yeah. and they had the players, um, but couldn't seem to put it together on, on game day. Um, it's, for me, it was the first time I'd, I'd left Balgauni. I'd played over 25 years for the one club, and Cringilla was a very multicultural team, but we just gelled, and for whatever reason, and, you know, Eric's got to take a lot of credit for it. We blended it, and... Um, I didn't start the season because uh, of work commitments, but it wasn't until a few games into the the comp that we we got that team, the main team on, that we just clicked and we we lived and breathed it, and we loved playing for each other. And yeah, it was and away we went. Yeah, because it was a highly successful year. Any trophy that was on offer. Uh, the team, um, the team ended up winning. So, um, like you said, it, it blended very well. Uh, in terms of other thoughts on Eric that you uh, sort of put together, um, look. Uh, any other sort of incidents or funny stories that you want to add in? Look, as a man, he was a gentleman, and he had morals. Uh, Love communicating with people, and especially in relation to soccer. He was a very generous man. He was training day. He was always the first there. Uh, he had a very strong handshake, which I always remember. If you shook Eric's hand, you knew you you, you were you knew you were getting a strong handshake. Back in the early days, I look back now and. I know he tried to, well it's not that he tried to help younger players, he was just, he would help anyone. He was a goalkeeper coach and I suppose to a certain degree he took some of the younger guys under his wing, you know, and, and uh, tried to mentor them and, and help them wherever he could. Uh, he was just that type of guy. I remember one, one half-time speech at, uh, at Cringilla. I think it was, we'd come in at half time and yeah, we were a bit flat. And he'd come in and he said, what he's given me? You've given me nothing. And uh, Jason Higgs at the time, who imitated Eric quite well, we used that as uh, a little bit of he used to always bring it up. What are you giving me? You're giving me nothing, you know. And we uh, we use that as a little bit of uh, stick to to give ourselves. And and one of the other things that I always remember about Eric, he used to say, "And I mean that. And I mean that, GL. And I mean that." Uh, and he did mean it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a, 
as a bloke um, and as a man um, and in, in the football soccer sense, uh, what do you think he taught you? One of the things that stands out about, for me, for Eric, he had, he had strong morals. Uh, I look back on a couple of occasions, one, one time on a trip away, he, he stood up and stood tall. I uh, won't get into the, what, what actually happened, but uh, I'll never forget that incident. Uh, for a quiet man to stand tall back in those times, yeah, it was his morals. And he was a gentleman, yeah. That's probably the two things that stick out. And he had a calming nature about him, which I think is good for, for any team, especially on game day. Calming nature, but you could see he had the line, you know, the, the line eyes behind him, yeah. That uh, he knew there was business to take care of, yeah. Well, uh, like I've said to many people, GL, uh, I sincerely like to thank you uh, for doing this. Uh, I know that um, speaking like two or three others have done on this podcast isn't the norm for them, and they probably wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I sincerely appreciate and respect uh, you coming here today in your own time and, and giving your thoughts on Eric. It, it means a lot to me, and, and I'm sure other people will uh, appreciate um, learning a bit more about Eric by your memories. No, it's a pleasure, Tracker. Pleasure. Thanks again for listening and downloading part two of episode 67. It was absolutely fantastic listening to people recall some of their memories and thoughts on Eric Thompson. I reiterate my sincere thanks and appreciation to the people who gave up their time to be part of this episode. I am your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.